So this morning again we are going to continue our sermon series on leadership called learning from the Old Testament leaders. And last week we talked about Nehemiah. We talked about Nehemiah, a Persian cupbearer and a Jewish reformer. So we spent good amount of time understanding and studying from the life of this great man of God, Nehemiah. And today we are going to talk about another great leader of the Old Testament. And we are going to learn a couple of leadership principles and qualities from him. And this morning, and I, you know, I just want your attention, full of your attention with me, because we are just going to go very quickly, very fast into the sermon. And as we do, we start every sermon with certain set of convictions in our heart. Because without those convictions, I don't think this topic will move forward. So this morning, we are going to read, we are going to recite the convictions of our heart. So as I say, it's not just going to be the words that we say, but it is going to be from our heart. So we see a list of convictions in the screen. So can we read these convictions together from the bottom of our heart? Number one. We are all called to lead. We are all called to influence. We commit to learn from the lives of the Old Testament leaders. These men and women are commended by God. Leaders are defined by their characteristics. True leaders are truly teachable. The underlying cause of unteachable spirit is pride. We are willing to ask God for a spirit of submission that accepts discipline and correction. So being read our convictions this morning, we are going to talk about another great man of God from the Old Testament by name Daniel. Can you say Daniel? Daniel is from the Old Testament. So he lived in the days of the Old Testament. So this morning we would like to title our sermon as Daniel, young and old but uncompromised. This morning before we really jump into this topic of leadership, you know, I feel it is very important to give you some background. If, without the background, if I start teaching about leadership, you may not find that relevant. So I would ask you to just you know, closely follow with me as we give some of the historical background of Daniel. We are talking about BC 612, from BC 612 to BC 536. We are talking about the 76 long years in the history of the Old Testament. Some of the key dates to remember this morning as we take this topic further. In 612 BC, Nebuchadnezzar captured the capital of Assyria called Nineveh. That took place in the year 612. Assyria held ruled the world for a long time. I believe in the day from the days of Tiglath-Pileser, from 846 BC, Assyrians ruled the world. And Nebuchadnezzar, the father of Nebuchadnezzar, came to throne in Babylon, and he rebelled against the Assyrians in 625 BC. And Nebuchadnezzar, son of Nebuchadnezzar, was a general who led the Babylonian army against the Assyrians, against Nineveh. And he defeated it in the year 612. 
And you would have heard about the battle of Carchemish. Pharaoh Nico was ruling Egypt. And with the Egyptians, the Babylonians went for a fight. And Nebuchadnezzar, he defeated Egyptians. And he chased them out to, down to Judah. And at Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar, he came to know his father, Nebuchadnezzar. He died in Babylon. So he rushed back to Babylon to take throne under his throne under control. Now during that time, in 605, the first group of Jewish captives were taken along with Daniel and his friends to Babylon. Now the second remnants of Babylonians were taken into captivity in the year 597. Jehoiachin, a king of Judah, he was also known as Jehoiachin, or Kaniah. He followed the reign of his father, Jehoiakim. Now, he just ruled the nation only for three months. And Nebuchadnezzar took him. And also 10,000 Jewish people, where they were taken into Babylon under the second captivity. So the second remnant of the Jewish were taken to Babylon. Now the first captivity, then it was taken, Daniel was part of it. Now the second captivity, the prophet Ezekiel was taken as captive to Babylon. In 586 BC, the Jerusalem, the temple of God, was brought down and completely it was destroyed. And Zedekiah was installed as a king in Jerusalem, listen to me. But he was very weak and he was vacillating, you know, he was not very stable king. And 11 years later, Jerusalem was completely destroyed and totally wiped away by the Babylonian forces. And a third group of people, the third remnant were taken into Babylon as captives. But Jeremiah was left alone in the nation. And later on, 70 years later, in 536 BC, Babylonians fell and the first remnant of children of God, they returned to Jerusalem. And God put the thought in the mind of Cyrus, the king of Persia. And he sent the first remnant of children of God back to Jerusalem under the leadership of Zerubbabel. Now Daniel, we are talking about Daniel this morning. Daniel lived through much of this time. And when children of Israel were taken as captive to Babylon, Daniel lived through all the Babylonian captivity from the year 605 to 534 BC. 70 long years, Daniel was living in Babylon. And remember, he was the first captive. He was among the first captives that were taken to Babylon. So he continued there over 70 long years under captivity. Now, if you want to talk about Daniel's contemporaries, the kind of people whom we know they lived with at the time of Daniel along with, uh, at the time of Daniel along with him, they were Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And if you remember, Jeremiah prophesied about the coming exile, the coming captivity that was about to come upon the people of God. And Ezekiel, he was taken as, a second, as part of the second deportation and he was ministering to the Jewish people outside Babylon near river Kibar. If you remember the story, remember the history. Now this morning, we are going to talk about Daniel. And who is Daniel? 
You know, nothing else is known other than what the book of Daniel talks about Daniel. And I believe his descendants are from one of the tribes of Judah, a prominent family in the from the tribe of Judah. And Daniel was both, Bible says, Daniel was both royal and he had a noble birth. So he was just a, such a man who was very peculiar and he was chosen by God for a time that such as such was, such was that. And at a very early age, probably at the time of his teens, Daniel was taken as captive to Babylon. You know, Daniel was taken as captive to Babylon. The main reason why Daniel was taken as listen to me, why Daniel was taken to Babylon as a captive, along with the first captivity, the main reason was he was very brilliant. And you know what Nebuchadnezzar wanted to train along a couple of youth along with Daniel, they, he wanted to train them in the, all the Babylonian culture because he knew very well they are going to pick up very easily. He wanted to bring the cultural change among God's people in an ungodly way and he found out Daniel is such a good candidate for that. Now let's come back to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is an amazing book that we have in the Word of God, in Bible. Let's talk a little bit about the authorship and the scope of the book of Daniel. I believe this is very important this morning. The book of Daniel identifies the prophet Daniel as its author. We read that in Daniel chapter 9 verse 2 and Daniel chapter 10 verse 2. We'll not have time to read all the scriptures. If you're noting it down, please note it down. Daniel 9 2 and Daniel 10 2, word of God talks about the authorship of Daniel. Now critics always, you know, they argue. And critics argue and they say that book of Daniel is not written by Daniel. The reason why they say it's because the critics date the authorship of the book of Daniel to 2nd century BC. But whereas Daniel lived between 7th and 6th century BC. And it was a great blow for the critics when Jesus spoke about Daniel in Matthew 24, 15. And Jesus confirmed that Daniel was the author of the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel was likely to be written between 540 and 530 BC. Now the first recorded date in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, is 605 BC. Just remember those dates in your mind. And the last recorded date of the book, of, book in the book of Daniel is the third year of King Cyrus in chapter 10, verse 1, which took place in 536 BC. So it is from 530 BC to 536 BC is what we are talking about. Now the scope of the book of Daniel involves 69 long years between these two dates. So Daniel scoped to 69 long days. This morning I believe that you are with me still. Now therefore we can conclude that book of Daniel covers two separate Gentile kingdoms and four separate Gentile administrations. The two separate Gentile kingdoms are the Babylonian kingdom and the Medo-Persian kingdom. And the four separate administrations the book of Daniel is talking about are the Babylonian administration of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian administration of Belshazzar and the Medo-Persian administration of King Darius and King Cyrus. Can you repeat these names with me? Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, and the Medo-Persian administration, 
of Darius and King Cyrus. Now, this is very interesting. Now, it's becoming more and more interesting now. Now, it is, you know, very interesting to know, to see some of the familiar stories of the book of Daniel and associate those instances with the age of Daniel. Now, I don't, I don't think you have done that ever. Probably some of you have. And this is very interesting. Now, Daniel was taken to Babylon at the age of 15. Can you imagine? At the age of 15, Daniel was taken to Babylon. And Daniel was standing before King Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel was interpreting the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. You remember the huge image? The huge image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in the dream? And when Daniel was interpreting the dream, Daniel was 17 years old. How many? 17 years old. And Daniel's three friends were Neb uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were cast into the fiery furnace. At that time, Daniel was between 19 and 20. And Daniel was interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's second dream, the huge tree. <coughs> Excuse me. Daniel was the, the age of 45 to 50. Daniel's vision about four beasts, a ram and the goat. Daniel was somewhere in the mid 60. And Daniel's 70 years prophecy, if you remember, when he spoke the prophecy, Daniel was early 80. Now he was interpreting the handwriting that appeared on the wall, if you remember. During the Belshazzar's feast, Daniel was 80 years old. And the prophecy of end time, when Daniel spoke about the end time prophecy, Daniel was somewhere in the middle of 80s. And when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, Daniel was approximately 83 years old. Now it is believed that Daniel died somewhere between 535 and 530 BC, approximately at the age of 86, Daniel died. History. Now what is the theme of the book, if you ask me this morning? Book of Daniel has a very lofty view of the sovereignty of God. In the book of Daniel has a very high view of the sovereignty of a God Almighty. The one who is in authority, the one who is in control, the sovereignty of God. Some of the key scriptures, I just want to throw it in the screen this morning for your benefit. That defines the theme of the book of Daniel. These are the scriptures, Daniel 2.28. Let's quickly read through them in the screen. Daniel 2.28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Remember the key, note the word. There is a God in heaven. Daniel 2.47, the king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Daniel 4.32, the most high is sovereign. Can you say that with me? The most high is sovereign over the kingdom of, kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. These three scriptures, they tell me this morning that God Almighty was in control and Daniel could reveal that very clearly as he spoke about the sovereignty of God. Now let's do one thing before we get into our topic. Let's go to Daniel and ask him this question. If you ask Daniel, what are you trying to teach us this morning? And I believe this is what Daniel will tell us. And he will look at us and he say, as a man of God, I lived 
through the rule of four kingdoms. The rule of Belshazzar, the rule of Nebuchadnezzar, the rule of Darius the Mede, and the rule of Cyrus the Persians for 60 long years. I lived through four kingdoms. And he will say, I have seen kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. And I, will, I want to tell you, through it all, there is one, one constant factor that we can never deny is our God in heaven. Who rules the kingdom of man and he is in charge of the kingdom of man. Because Daniel saw everything happening with his own eyes. And this morning, Daniel is trying to teach us, kingdom of this world is going to pass away. Kingdom, all the kingdom that we see, we have seen, they passed away. And the current kingdom, the current rulership, current, the current authorities that we see today, they are going to pass away. Kingdoms of heaven is coming to pass. But one thing, Daniel says, I know, is the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men, and he giveth aid to whomever he Will the most high? Can you read that with me? The most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Now, remember, Daniel came into Babylon at the age of 18. At the age of 18, sorry, at the age of 16, he came to Babylon and he stayed through all through the captivity for 70 long years. Until he was at the age of 86 when he died. He was a ruler in Babylonian kingdom. He was a ruler in Medo Persian kingdom. And he was a ruler in the Persian kingdom. And he has seen all these dynasties. As he was brought up to a very high level in all these kingdoms. This morning I want to think about some of those individual key members there in the kingdom of, kingdom of men. Nebuchadnezzar. You know, Nebuchadnezzar saw with his own eyes what God was doing in his kingdom. Just an example. And Daniel saw with his own eyes that Nebuchadnezzar's life, God is working. Have you seen, have you come across in your life that God is working in somebody else's life? Have you seen someone is going through a terrible time in his life and you pray for him and you come to a conclusion? God is about to do something in his life. God is working in his life. And Daniel saw the way God has been working in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. Listen to this. This is very interesting. Nebuchadnezzar was such a cruel and wicked king. And we could say that he was a kind of Napoleon and Hitler and Bonaparte and Stalin. Everybody wrapped together is what is Nebuchadnezzar. We get an idea about Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 5.19. We'll not go there. How wicked he was. How wicked Nebuchadnezzar was. And he says, if I want to bring somebody down, I will bring somebody down. If I want to raise somebody up, I will raise someone up. If I want to kill someone, I will kill. You know, that's a kind of wickedness that was seen in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. And God kept his hand on this man. God kept his hand on this man. And God started working in his life. And when we read about Nebuchadnezzar for the next time, we see Nebuchadnezzar out in the field with his hand and in his knees, eating grass like an ox, living like an animal. God straightened him out. God straightened him out. Daniel saw this with his own eyes. Belshazzar. 
his grandson, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. If you remember, Nebuchadnezzar's problem was pride. He looked at the Babylon, the garden of Babylon and said, look at the, 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 the big garden of Babylon that I built, the city of Babylon I built. His problem was pride, but Belshazzar's problem was presumption or assumption or opinion. In Daniel chapter 5.23, we read this, he lifted himself against the Lord of heaven. And he assumed that he himself is God. Can you ever do that? The only one who did, only one who assumed that he himself is God was Lucifer. You remember what happened to Lucifer? Now here we see another man, Belshazzar, he assumed that he himself is God and he lifted him up above the throne of God. And one night, God is there to touch his life. And God sent a hand, a miraculous hand appeared on the wall as Belshazzar was in the party. He was partying. God's hand appeared on the wall. And God's hand started writing on the wall. Daniel was brought in to that party. Because nobody knows what is the meaning of that word, what is written. And when Daniel came, and he told the meaning, and he told, your death is at the doorstep. Bible says on the same night, Belshazzar was slain. And Daniel saw this with his own eyes. He saw one king came and went. One kingdom rise and another kingdom fall. But Daniel stood like a pillar in the midst of the blowing sands to see the great work of God and to testify. The God of heaven rules the kingdom of man. God of heaven rules the kingdom of man. So Daniel continued, Bible says, if you read the book of Daniel, Bible says often, Daniel continued, the kingdom fell, but Daniel continued as a man of God. He was there in the kingdom of Babylonian kingdom, and he was there in the Medo-Persian kingdom, ruled by Cyrus and King Darius. And this morning the message is, there is a God in heaven, and he ruled. And he still rules. And he will continue to rule forever. And one day, he is going to come back. Can we get this in our mind? We have that in the screen. Shall we read that together? There is a God in heaven. And he ruled. And he still rules. And he will continue to rule forever and ever. As Daniel stood so firm, Children of God, we are not going to be shaken. You know, at times it, does, it appears, at times it appears, you know, he's about to throw us into the fiery furnace. At times it appears that he's about to throw us into the lion's den. But Daniel is standing as a firm pillar, as a testimony to see the kingdoms fall and kingdoms rise. And he came to a conclusion, the kingdom of God is going to remain forever. And this morning we are here to study the quality the great qualities of this great man of God, the leadership qualities, who lived through the kingdom of men. There are four, five different qualities I quickly want to go through. Number one, Bible accounts Daniel being found with an extraordinary spirit. Can you say that with me? Extraordinary spirit or excellent spirit. We read that in Daniel chapter 6, 
verses 1 to 3. So if you can take your Bible with me to Daniel chapter 6. We're reading from Daniel chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave through to setting him over the whole realm. You know, Bible accounts that the king found an excellent spirit. The number one quality of a leadership is an excellent spirit. This morning, listen to me. You know, what was most obvious in the life of Daniel was that extraordinary spirit. That extra, I want to talk about that extraordinary spirit this morning. The most obvious attribute of an effective leader is that extraordinary spirit. The spirit with which he or she operates. You know, one of the great assets that God has given to you and me is our spirit. Can you say our spirit? You know, one of the great assets is that the driving force behind the success of any leader is the spirit with which he or she operates. You know, this morning it's very important. Listen to this. It is the spirit with which we speak. It is the spirit with which we move. And it is the spirit with which we carry out the work of God. And this extraordinary spirit in Daniel was noticed by Nebuchadnezzar. It was noticed by King Belshazzar. It was noticed by King Darius and King Cyrus. The spirit that made Daniel exceptional among the captives. The spirit that revealed secrets to Daniel. The spirit gave boldness to Daniel. The spirit that caused Daniel to interpret the dreams and visions. The spirit that made him to focus on God's plan for his life. A spirit that even influenced his friends. Those who jumped into the fire. Into the fiery furnace. Daniel had an extraordinary spirit. That's what the word of God says. As a, as a leader, one must have this driving extraordinary spirit. To see success in our lives. You know this morning you just want to listen to me. Where does the spirit come from? Where does that extraordinary and excellent spirit came in the life of Daniel? And I believe it must be a choice that was given to Daniel. Either to be led by the spirit or to be led by the flesh. Can you say that? Led by spirit or led by flesh. You know, I believe that was an option in front of him. And Daniel decided to be led by the Spirit. And now the king is witnessing, saying that I see an extraordinarily excellent spirit within you. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Bible says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Bible talks about walking in the Spirit. You know, at times human spirit is weak. Human spirit easily get, gets discouraged. Can I see a witness here? Human spirit easily gets discouraged? All of us. I'm sure all of us. Human spirit gets depressed. Always complaining. 
always thinking they get you, and always you know, kind of blaming and pointing fingers to others. Human spirit takes all the burden upon ourselves. And human spirit easily gets confused. And Daniel was not having that spirit. If Daniel would have had that spirit, probably nobody wanted him. And nobody had any clue of what Daniel was doing. But Daniel was able to stand in front of the kings and pointing them out to God and telling them, you see a God in heaven who rules the kingdom of men. This morning we are talking about either being led by spirit or being led by flesh. Our human spirit is weak and fragile. But there is another spirit that's the spirit of God. Spirit of God is a spirit that renews our minds, that quickens our inner man and that gives courage and that gives motivation and that gives focus in our lives. And that's what is known as the spirit of God. And what kind of spirit is in us today morning? just want to ask you that question this morning. I want you to ask that question within yourself. What kind of spirit is in us? We are talking about human spirit and the Holy Spirit. We are not talking about evil spirit here. We are talking about the human spirit with which we operate. And we are also talking about the spirit of God. What kind of spirit is in us today. Can you ask that question? Just ask that question. You get a response from inside. What spirit is in us? Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has given us the spirit of courage. God has given us the spirit of power. God has given us the spirit of love. Spirit of sound mind. Let's read from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Do you have that power in you? Or do you get discouraged very easily? Do you have that zeal within you? No matter what comes, Lord, I will still move forward. Daniel was possessing that spirit within him so strong and that was pushing him that was driving him in spite of all the setbacks the spirit of love we have been hearing from since morning that God wants us to love how do we do that we need that spirit we need that Holy Spirit human spirit cannot love human spirit try to take vengeance but the spirit of God is a loving spirit in a sound mind Today the most problem, the, the major problem we see, especially among our teens, is losing their mind. They don't need medication. They need the Spirit of God. They don't operate in the right spirit. Already the human spirit is weak and they are overpowered by the evil spirits. What they need to get sound mind is the Spirit of God. Daniel was a man of God who had a extraordinary spirit we need that spirit we need that spirit to continue to live for God you know the days are not going to be easy there are challenges that we are facing already in our life we are facing that already in our family among our children in our community we need we need the driving spirit within us and that can come only from the spirit of God number two characteristics of a great leader is an uncompromised lifestyle 
uncompromised lifestyle. Listen to this. Great leaders do not compromise their principles and commitments of life with their surroundings. Can you say that with me? Great leaders do not compromise their principles and commitments of life with the surroundings. You know, it was Daniel's custom to pray three times every day. Daniel continued that practice even after knowing that it is against the law. We read that in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Let's quickly go there. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. I'll read for you. It's on the screen too. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. You know, it was, it was practiced all through his life, life. It was his custom to pray three times a day. How many times we pray? Three times? Two times? One time? Yes, some of us. Right? We don't pray. Sometimes we don't pray. Five? Twice? We have a practice. And I'm trying to just understand that. We have a practice. But Daniel knew that that practice is no more valid, no more applicable. It is against the law. And we talk about an uncompromised lifestyle of a leadership. And today leaders, they bend their values to satisfy the law of the land. Today we see, if I don't compromise, probably I cannot be good to people. At times as children of God, even we are willing to compromise our values because at times we think that if I don't compromise, I cannot save somebody from sin. We need wisdom here. We need wisdom. But Daniel was not willing to compromise his prayer life. Daniel could have said, okay, from now onwards, I will pray in my mind. How many of us say that? Right? I pray in my mind. I don't kneel down. I don't have time. I'm so busy. I don't have time to kneel down and pray, but I'll pray in my mind. And I'll pray while driving to work. Daniel could have very well said that because he knew that it is against the law to kneel down and pray three times to God of heaven. But Daniel did not say that. You know, sometimes he said, God knows my situation. And now God knows that I'm very busy. And he knows. Probably pastor doesn't know. Or my wife doesn't know that I'm busy. How busy I am. That's the reason I couldn't pray. But Daniel was not compromising. He did not think that he can pray in mind. But he continued to pray the same way he used to pray. He was keeping his life at the risk of even getting killed. But he did not want to compromise his values to the pattern of the world. Great leaders stand to what they believe. And they don't compromise to please others. We are all called as leaders. We are all called to lead. And as a leader, we need to know where to draw the line, where scriptures draw the line. That's where we should be able to draw the line. If the truth of God's word opposes a pattern of the world or world's wisdom on certain matters, we need to make sure that we align ourselves to the word of God. 
At times we ask questions and we don't need to ask questions. We don't need to get confused. The moment word of God says, we are expected to obey. Listen to this. Sometimes we have questions. Many ask me that question. Can I have friends with non-Christians? <coughs> Can I participate in the pagan festival if my friend who is a non-Christian, he's inviting me, she's inviting me to a pagan festival. Can I participate in that? My answer is yes and no. Just want to be careful. Yes and no. Listen to this. This is important. I would say yes, you can participate if we know where Scripture draws line concerning paganism. Did you get that? We can participate as long as we know where Bible say Bible draws line concerning paganism. Now listen to this. I would say no. Don't participate in the pagan festivals. Do not go with your friend. If we do not know what the scripture says about that situation, at times when we walk into that place, we may end up in compromising our Christian values in front of non-Christians. So it is very important to know where scripture draws line. Daniel, he knew very well where scripture draws line. Great leaders have uncompromised lifestyle. Number three, he had an unashamed boldness. I want to read from Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 quickly. But Daniel purposed in his heart. We are reading from Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Unashamed boldness was seen in the life of Daniel. You know, Daniel wanted to abstain himself from the delicacies, from the food pattern of the king. Daniel wanted to keep himself away. You know, Daniel could have done a couple of things. I was just thinking about it. Daniel could have got the food and the wine and the meat. And Daniel could have kind of thrown the food outside. And somehow he could have sneaked food from the kitchen what he wanted. Or probably he could have spoke to the kitchen staff and told them, come on, you know that I don't need this, I need some other food, and he could have got. There are different possibilities. But remember, Daniel sought the permission of the commander. And he said, I don't want that food. I don't want to defile myself with that food. An unashamed boldness. You know, he was respectful, and at the same time, he was unbending. He was not bending. He just wanted to remind himself. And that shows the unashamed boldness. Leaders exhibit boldness in their commitments and in their decisions. And leaders wanted their voice to be heard on what they believe. Listen to this. It's important. We are living in a time such as this where the leadership is failing to do this. Leaders make their voice very bold so that what they believe is heard by people, by the authorities. Leaders want others to know the moral boundaries of their life. Leaders want, make, leaders make others known their limits based on their value system. Everything is made known to others. You know, today when we lead, 
it's very important that we have that boldness within us. Number four, Daniel, was, Daniel had a great courage to tell the truth. Daniel had a great courage to go and speak the truth to those kings face to face. You know, many occasions we find God using Daniel in this very special way. He was sent to the king and most of the time to tell about his end. His, to tell about his death. And Daniel was not hiding himself away from telling the truth. And remember Daniel was taken as a captive to that nation as part of the first batch of exiles to Babylon. And God lifted him up because he had an extraordinary spirit within him. And here is one example where Daniel had a great courage to tell the truth. If you can turn with me to Daniel chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The setting is the palace of King Belshazzar. The handwriting came and wrote on the wall. And when he saw the handwriting on the wall, Nebuchadnezzar was terrified. And he called all the wise people and to give the meaning of that handwriting, that inscription. And nobody could do. And finally Daniel came there. And we are reading from verse 22. Daniel speaks. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. And you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines, have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold. Listen to this, this is very important. You have praised the gods of silver and god of gold and god of bronze and god of iron and god of wood and god of stone, which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and warns all your ways, you have not glorified. You know how clear the scripture is. You know, when we sow, when we go behind ungodly things, when we go behind the gods and the schemes and the systems of this world, and I believe this is what God speaks to us, God tells us. Verse 24, Then the fingers of hand were sent from him. And this writing was written. And Daniel was right there. He had a great courage to tell the truth to Belshazzar. And finally, if we read the end of the scripture, verse 30 says, That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain. You know, the destruction, the judgment came upon King Belshazzar on that night. But God sent Daniel. He was courageously telling the truth. Great leaders have the courage to tell the truth. You know, they don't really look at the consequences, but they obey God. They obey God. You know, there are times in our lives, we need that boldness to share the gospel. We all have ungodly friends. We all have Hindu friends. And other pe people belong to other religions. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting. How long we will be waiting? At times God wants us to take that courage and tell them about God of heaven. You know, our God is a jealous God. He wants himself to be known 
to people around us, living around us. You're talking about the fourth characteristics of a great leader. Great leaders have the courage to tell the truth. Number five, finally, Daniel had a great characteristics. He was focused to do what God appointed him to do. Daniel was focused to do what God appointed him to do. Listen to this. Daniel was not distracted by any of the things that was going around. You know, today, the main problem of believers walking away from God is the distraction. Is the distraction. The things that we see in this world, they distract our mind easily. The things that we see in the church, in the workplace, they distract our mind easily. When you come to church, the morning, Sunday morning, that's the time when all the problems, all the complaints will come one after the other. Your mind is distracted. You are not coming and sitting in this place with a mood to listen from God. Distraction. Daniel was not distracted. He was focused on what God wanted him to do. Remember at the age of 17, Daniel was standing before Nebuchadnezzar. And Bible says, my Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar, the great king, fell down to his knees and worshipped Daniel. Daniel was only 17. And Nebuchadnezzar fell down and worshipped Daniel. When he interpreted the dream, Nebuchadnezzar thought, he is God. Daniel is God. Let's read Daniel chapter 2. We are going to read from verses 46 to 49. We are talking about great leaders are focused on what God wanted them to do. Daniel chapter 2, verse 46. The king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to Daniel at the age of 17. Verse 47 says, The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon at the age of 17, and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. God lifted him up at the age of 17. But Daniel remained focused. He could have become a leader in that nation. He could have gone before, be behind the, 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 the elevation that God has given in his life. But Daniel knew his purpose. Daniel knew the purpose of God raising him up to this level. So Bible says Daniel remained focused on God's call. And this was Daniel's lifestyle. No matter who appreciates, no matter who praises him, he was focused on the call of God. Now look at Daniel. Daniel was at the age of 80. From 17 to 80. At the age of 80, Daniel was interpreting the handwriting that appeared on the wall at the palace of Belshazzar. Even at this age of 80, when Daniel was interpreting the handwriting, Daniel denied that honor that king wanted to give to Daniel. We read that from Daniel chapter 5. I believe it's verse 17. Daniel chapter 5, verse 17. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself 
and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. Leader is always focused on what God wanted him to do. And when the handwriting was interpreted, Daniel interpreted the handwriting and see what happened in Daniel chapter 5, verses 21 to 31, 22 to 31. I think I will skip a few scriptures and I will read from verse 29. Then Belshazzar gave the command when the handwriting was interpreted, Belshazzar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Daniel was 17. Daniel was 80. But still, he was focused on the call of God. Daniel remained focused. You know, Daniel's call could not be removed from his life by the offerings of this world. You know, God has called each one of us. And the world is so capable of showing so many things in front of us. All the wealth of this world. And the world is expecting and the ruler of this world is expecting us to bow down before him. The same way Jesus was tempted. Now Daniel is tempted here. But Daniel remained on the call of God. You know, we cannot be a leader. I cannot be a leader or you cannot be a leader if you think about and boast about the honor people give to us. You know, sometimes when we do the worship, sometimes when you do the preaching, when I do the prayer, people will come and tell you, such a great message today. Such a great worship today. I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Honor comes. How do we deal with that? Very dangerous. John chapter 5 verse 41 says, Jesus said, in fact, I do not receive honor from men. Do you see that? John 5 41, I do not receive honor from men. You know, sometimes don't, not receiving honor becomes you know, kind of your, you behave rude. Receive the honor, give it back to God. Receive the honor and give it back to God. Tell him it's God. Glory belongs to God. Not by lips, but from the, from the heart. Great leaders. Remain focused on the call of God. Now we cannot be a leader if we set our minds on the things of this earth. And true leaders, they don't have any hold on this earth. True leaders, they don't keep buying, 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 buying. But instead, we, they keep giving, giving, giving. That doesn't mean that we need to live in poverty, no. We need what we need. We don't need anything what we don't need. Great leaders, they set their minds not on the things of the earth. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on the things of the earth. Not on the things on the earth. We cannot be a great leader in God's kingdom if we have love of money. Very dangerous. Money is needed, but love of money is not good. That includes our wealth. That includes our car. That includes our house. 
that includes our bank balance everything love of money bible says in first timothy paul says first timothy chapter 6 verse 10 for love of money is the root of all kinds of evil great leaders cannot go behind money we need money for the work of god <coughs> do we need the minimum money to survive we don't need more than that daniel stood well above all these things the all the honor and all the wealth the position and the kind of race he got in the kingdom of four different kingdoms he was raised as a great leader but he remained focused on the call of god this morning god speaks to us and god tells you this is why i called you and this is the reason i called you to walk with me can you learn from me can you learn from daniel can you learn from the life of paul who considered everything as rubbish to gain the knowledge of christ jesus and this morning god is speaking to us great leaders like daniel speaking to us to summarize leaders have an extraordinary spirit leaders have an uncompromised lifestyle leaders have an ashamed boldness leaders have the courage to tell the truth leaders remain focused to do what god appointed them to do